0: Every once in a while I go to visit some of the men at the jail, uh, Cook County Jail, uh, Division 9, the Supermax. So uh, it's kind of intense. Some of the guys have been there for a really long time. And um, I've always been surprised at the conversations and how free some of these men are, even though they're locked up, uh, sometimes for a very long time, and awaiting a trial that could mean even more years in prison. Um, Some of them are very... Uh, sad and angry, and uh, have a hard time bearing it, but others, when they like see the priest come in there 's a certain attraction to the things of God that you don 't see maybe in the normal world that is not behind bars. And I remember this one man came up to me and he was very eager to share with me that he had started reading the Bible in jail, and that um, he found it very nourishing and very liberating to, to read the Word of the Lord. And I asked him what his favorite part was, and he said he liked the Psalms. I said, do you have a favorite Psalm? And he said, I like the one that says, you are the apple of my eye. And I asked him why he he liked that, and he said, because I I feel like God's saying that to me, that I'm the apple of his eye, and I really like that. And I thought later about that, but this man in jail probably um, had lived a life that somehow led him to be in that place. That he had every reason that society had rejected him, people had rejected him, to feel that he was not special, that he was not worth a lot. And yet, that phrase, you are the apple of my eye, from Psalm 17, had struck to the heart. And he believed it. He believed that God truly loved him so much that he was like the apple of his eye, that cute old expression that basically means, you're my number one. I love you more than the rest. I thought to myself, do I, am I able to receive that kind of love from God? Right? And I'm not uh, subject to the same indignities. I'm not behind bars. I'm not rejected by society. I haven't done anything that the world would say, that's truly wrong and you deserve to be punished. I'm a sinner, of course. I'm not perfect. But I, like I think many of us, can easily fall into a sort of Christian perfectionism. If you're thinking, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist and that's a good thing. Well, it's not really a good thing to be a perfectionist because there's no such thing, this side of heaven, as perfection. None of us are perfect. And so a perfectionist says, I'm not happy until it's perfect or until I'm perfect. Well, guess what? You're never going to be happy. You're never going to arrive at that kind of perfection. But a Christian perfectionism is a little different. It, it gets to the fact that my identity is based somehow in my performance. And how I've done, and how good I am, how much I'm liked, how nice I am, the results of my work, whether they're good or bad. That's where I find my identity. And one of the results of a Christian perfectionism is a kind of self-righteousness, like the Pharisee in our, our gospel today. He says, look, I've done all the right things. And I've not done any of the wrong things. I'm not like this tax collector. I'm not adulterous. I'm not greedy. I pay tithes on my income. I do all the right things. I check all the right boxes. Look at me, God. That kind of self-righteousness is not an identity. Because even this Pharisee, which Jesus doesn't lead us to believe that he's lying about these things, he probably does do a good job at fulfilling his religious observance. But we all know as human beings that that Pharisee, like us, is broken (laughs) that he's not perfect, that in a certain way that's a facade that he's putting up even to God. Like he can't even be himself in front of the Almighty who knows everything, who knows his weakness. That kind of self-righteousness, it builds up this crusty outer shell that is the false self. And we can start to believe it ourselves, that that's who I am, is that I do really good things or people really like me. But the danger of that is that Since we never really live up to that perfection, if my identity is based on being perfect, then my identity is constantly in danger of being undermined. And so the other side of self-righteousness is self-hatred. Of thinking, I'm not worth anything. I never measure up. I'm no good. God must not love me. But neither of these things is our true self, our true identity. Our true self is always rooted in relationship. Not my own performance. Not how I see myself or how I want others or even God to see me, but who I truly am in relationship. And so the way I find myself, the way I know who I really am, is not to look inside, but to look outside. To look into the mirror, if you will, of Christ crucified. Looking at Jesus on the cross, teaches me who I am. Namely, that I'm a sinner. But Jesus loves sinners. That's it. I think the problem is sometimes that we don't really learn how to be sons and daughters. That it's, it's difficult to accept unconditional love. That I'm a sinner, but Jesus is head over heels in love with sinners. Look at what he did to win us back. Look at what he underwent in order to heal us and to restore us to relationship with him. But maybe use this little thought experiment. Let's say that that Pharisee and that publican, the tax collector and the Pharisee, are two children, sons of a father. And the one child, just imagine that they're like three and four years old. And the four-year-old says, look at me, Dad. I did all the right things. I've never made a mistake. You must really love me and brags about all the stuff that he's done and all the things that he hasn't done that his worthless brother has. And then the little three-year-old comes up to his dad and says, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm no good. Which one of those children will elicit more compassion, more love from his dad? Which one will move the heart of his father to love him, to hug him, to tell him, I love you, it doesn't matter, it's okay. See, this is not, don't hear what I'm not saying, which is, oh, it doesn't matter what we do, Christ doesn't demand that we uh, try to uh, achieve perfection and holiness and charity and love. Of course, Christ demands of us to be his disciples, to carry our cross, to deny ourselves and to imitate him. But if our identity is rooted in something other than our relationship with him, that relationship of unconditional love, will constantly waffle between this self-righteousness and this self-hatred. But when we look into the mirror of the cross, we see the good news that my identity is, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God, who is profoundly broken. I am a sinner. But thanks be to God, Jesus loves broken people. Jesus loves sinners. We are the apple of his eye.